you're listening to a bonus episode of the Apparelist Podcast, where we talk about high-level topics that are relevant to the decorated apparel community. Tune in monthly for regular episodes and enjoy this special edition. Hey, 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 what's up, Apparelist fans? We are here with another podcast recording for you. Today, I am being joined by Josh Ellsworth. He is the Executive Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Stalls, but I'm sure everybody knows who Josh is. He's a man that doesn't need an introduction because he's just out in the industry doing so many great things. Uh, So Josh, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, I appreciate you having me in. I'm excited to talk with you today. The best part is, is we are recording this while our team is on site at the Stalls DFC um, location in Pennsylvania. We're getting an inside look at everything they've got going on. There's so many exciting things. Um, Keep your eyes open on our social media accounts, feature content. We've got some cool things to share. Um, but for right now, we are going to talk about um, a topic that I think is is pretty important. A lot of people talk about, Josh, how blinks play a role, right? Obviously, especially in like the transfer space and especially mm-hmm. in this growing digital space, everybody's like, is it cotton? Is it poly? Is there going to be dye migration? Blah, 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 blah. All these things typically focused on the blink. But what we need to consider is there's this entire process for apparel decoration, right? So let's talk about how decoration method and Blink work together to create a cohesive product. Um, why, why is this something, why do people not always consider the decoration method when they're making an order or fulfilling an order? Yeah, it's, it, I think because it's difficult. Uh, we're all aiming for the same conclusion, which is a premium quality branded product or when I say premium quality, one that meets the customer's expectations or exceeds them. And so whether we're going for an economy price piece or something that's uh, high-end and premium, uh, it's very important to have a good handle on how the decoration really works with the blank products that we're using. Because when we don't consider the whole um, cohesive piece, the piece at the end of the process as we're sourcing and those um, decisions become somewhat disjointed, usually we compromise in some way. Okay. And no one wants that because then you get bad garments, people tossing things. Yeah. Bad garments, apparel (laughs) waste, or you just get headaches in the production process. Uh Sometimes the conclusion you can, you can get your way there, but the process just isn't as easy or there's some waste in the process that costs us time, money, and ultimately equals frustration. Absolutely, and I think that's something, especially in today's world, we have to consider. Um, there's just so many things that can hurt business, but this doesn't need to be one of them. No, no, there's a, there's a way to solve. Um, you know, from my perspective is, is what we're seeing is a really an expansion of choice when it comes uh-huh. to blank apparel products, when it comes to fabric compositions, um, and we can really, select something that's tailored to the exact needs of our client. Um, And subsequently, there's also an expansion of choice in the technology that you can use to decorate it. But if we focus specifically on heat transfer, there is a whole umbrella of methods that can kind of go underneath the heat press that you can use to uh, decorate the blank. So if we're doing 100% cotton piece, we may have a certain selection of a decoration or available decorations because we know that uh, most cottons, I think, Ventures say all. I always say almost all. I leave myself an out. Um, So let's say almost all cottons uh, can accept a high temperature application, right? And so I'm wide open as far as what transfers I can select to decorate that. 
But as soon as I enter a synthetic fabric into the equation or coating or something like that, now I have uh, additional risk where I can't use that temperature that presses at you know, 360 degrees. I need to start considering something that's going to be able to accommodate my garment without damaging it. And that's really costly if you don't consider that up front. Because yeah. you end up with your transfers, you end up with your blanks, and we thought we could just source any blank, <laughs> and now we have a problem when they're coming together. Um, as we saw on the tour on the floor just moments ago, you get a couple pieces, they didn't quite reach the expectation, mm -hmm. and now that order stops, I have some potential waste, and what am I going to do? And that's costly. Absolutely. One thing that we talked about earlier and I think is very interesting is the source of your blank. So you said it, you gave yourself a little out. There, sometimes cotton's not... All, not not all cotton's created equal, right? Yeah, yeah. We have <laughs> an expectation <laughs> because we've been buying into a skew or a style for some mm -hmm. time, but with uh, supply chain issues the way they've been uh, for yeah. the past few years, and they are getting better, and the apparel uh, companies are doing, I think, a great job uh, considering the factors. But we have sometimes something that's that's swapped in or that changes, and something that we didn't expect, and mm -hmm. um, that could be how that fabric reacts. Um, to your production process. And so it's very important not only to test the SKUs that you want to utilize upfront before you start buying them, but even before you start running um, a big job, just taking a look at that first garment that comes off of the machine and making sure it's exactly what we had planned for the outcome. Okay. So we've kind of talked about some of the the more worrisome parts of that and mm -hmm. the things that why you have to be concerned. Um, but let's kind of maybe switch gears a little bit and talk about how this creates such a great end garment. I mean, when the decoration method together with the right blank and all the pieces come together, it makes such a cool piece that no one wants, you know, everybody loves it. That's the custom piece that everybody wants, you know, it's unique. And so how, my question, I guess, to you is how do you ensure that that happens? Yeah. <laughs> and I do think it creates opportunity uh, for a decorator to be more than just a decorator, to become more of um, a brand uh, specialist or an apparel specialist. And so some, some ways, let me give you some examples. So when you look at a particular piece that you know you want to source that's right for your client, yes, fabric composition is one thing, but also the design and the cut of the garment is a whole nother. And that can really drive logo placement or logo design. Yeah. And so if an artist or a designer knows we're trying to bring this brand to life on this piece that has this seam structure, now we can play more towards that structure and, and create something that feels like it's integrated, like the design was imagined and part of the garment. And so I've seen that work extremely well, especially with the variety of logo locations that you can hit. Yeah. Uh, now with a heat transfer press, like we should be exploring unique areas of that garment, close to seams, around pockets, yeah. um, you know, underneath certain areas. Like there's so many cool right. ways that we can imagine uh, a logo coming to life and ultimately getting noticed, which is the goal uh, of the client. So that would be, that would be one way um, that I think we can think about blanks and decoration a little differently. Uh -huh. Okay. I have another one. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Now? Okay. Share so, it with me. Yeah. And, and another way <laughs> is just, you know, I did a, a video not too long ago, which was all about decorating bags and entering that space. And the reality is if we just talk about heat transfer and decorating bags, it's really difficult first to fit the bag onto the heat press to okay. get your logo location flat. 
And that's really key uh, with heat printing, it's time, temperature, and pressure. And if I can't get that area flat, I can't get accurate pressure because I have an obstruction there. Mm -hmm. And so first, making sure you have the equipment. Uh, we make all of our machines with a cantilever design and interchangeable attachments so we can really split and get that item flat. But what we don't know is until we actually see the construction of the bag in person, is what attachment is going to be the exact right size. Okay. And so it may be a case where I need to use a four by four inch attachment rather than a six by 10 inch. Mm -hmm. And I really need to understand where my available print areas are on the bag, what's my available print size, and then I can make sure I can pick a logo that looks right. Right. Um, and then just even extending that, think about the product use. So in the case of the backpack, if I'm reaching, let's just say the construction vertical, um, we know that bag is going to be used in, in the elements. It's going to be rugged. We want mm -hmm. something that's going to last. And so I may look for a decoration method that's a little more abrasion resistant. Sure. And so just thinking about the end goal, the outcome of the client. And I always like to say, think about that product, not only when it's worn the first time, but after it's been worn 50 times. Yeah. <laughs> and, and think about that in the process up front. And I think you also touch on something that's really important too, is it's not just t-shirts we're printing anymore, right? Like no. bags, hats, um, lanyards, socks, right? like all these things that people are asking for, especially like if you are working in the promo space and you're doing like merch packages and you're working with those large clients and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's, you, you can't just use the one that's right for the t-shirt. Now you got to consider what's right for the hat, what's right for the bag, what's right for Absolutely. whatever item. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, Look, you can get a versatile enough solution that can work across products, mm -hmm. uh, but you just want to find that in a way that doesn't uh, compromise the finished outcome. Because yeah. I do believe that as a, as a decorator, any business that's in the apparel space, we need to be looking at uh, a couple KPIs that are really important. One is average item value. Okay. And when we can uh, pick decoration that's better suited to the garment, it's going to have a higher perceived value. We're going to be able to charge more yeah. um, and have less price pressure, which is going to increase our average item value. And to your point, we can increase product assortment and increase our average order value. So okay. being able to take that logo that we put so much work into the art to making it look <laughs> how we want, right? Or we're buying X number of transfers because of a, an MOQ of, of 25, but I can take that logo across, you know, three items. Maybe it's mm -hmm. across a a jacket, a t-shirt, and a backpack mm -hmm. and increase that overall average order value as well. How do, where, where does art come into all of this? Because again, like we were saying, it's this entire process. You have to consider, you know, the blank that you're decorating. Now you have to consider the process you're using to decorate. Back it off even more. We're talking art and design and things like that. How does that influence, you know, your decoration method, what you ultimately settle on? So art... You know, I, in a perfect world, uh, <laughs> we would be free to create exactly what we want. Right. Uh, but there are usually downstream impacts of that because our decoration processes can't always bring that art to life the way the artist or the brand or the designer imagined it. And so um, we're getting better, I think, with the technologies that are out there with being able to just say yes to more types of artwork and not have to have these compromises like <laughs> outlines or thickening it or reducing your colors, all the things we do to fit our process. Um, and, but, but even, even so, even though we have more flexible technology today than we had yesterday, I think art needs to be considered right up front of the process. And as we've learned from visiting many shops, um, our shop included when the artist <laughs> is aware of, of the production process and the way that artwork's going to come to life and how it actually works, 
they can design some really cool stuff. But there is a big burden on the business owner to make sure the education of the artist happens. Yeah. What, what would you say is your favorite way to make sure that happens? Do you walk the artist through the actual process? Yeah. I think having them get hands-on in the process, right? Yeah. I believe that uh, people retain stuff when it's immersive. And so uh, getting them hands-on in the process, actually letting them cross-train in a department, do the work, pull the squeegee, lock down the heat press, <laughs> you know, hoop the garment. Right. Every bit of the process from start to finish and walk through that life of an order through the lens of production, through the lens of the client, um, that's going to be helpful. And, you know, me as a uh, someone who manages sales and marketing, that's equally important <laughs> for the sales team and the marketing uh, team. So we're not uh. setting unrealistic expectations before it even gets to art. Yeah, I think that's a topic that might be under discussed because um, I have talked to several shops who work heavily in that space. Um, a lot of times a PO will come in and it's like, this is a totally unrealistic promise. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure you've seen plenty of that. In your- oh, I've heard plenty of jokes about salespeople <laughs> as I'm talking to shops and I don't, I don't take offense anymore, but I will say there is where there is a disconnect between sales and marketing and manufacturing. Um, that is something that is solvable. And if we just don't want to get in the middle of that conflict or that friction um, and fix it, like we're going to pay the price as businesses. It costs a lot of money. It costs a lot of frustration. And I think ultimately it costs, you know, uh, employee satisfaction and engagement because we become adversaries rather than one team. So businesses really need to think about how to, to solve, you know, that sales process from where the client becomes aware that they have a need and interested in a solution all the way to them receiving product. Mm-hmm. Like everybody in that journey to bring that to life needs to understand the steps and the implications um, for what they're doing. Yeah. It definitely goes back to what you were saying earlier about you're not, you're not just a printer who puts a logo on the shirt. Like you can be a solutions provider. You can be that full service provider, set yourself up to do so. Um, which is something like I know we've been talking about internally as well, you know, especially on the promo side, but also on the, you know, the decorator side, the forward facing side um, is, is how do you elevate yeah. and take it that next level. So, yeah. And I think an aspiration to elevate is, is where it starts and, and people really need to see the value of ele- um, elevating. Um, I just think it creates this more fun space, right? <laughs> There's like specialists and generalists. And I think elevating, makes you really get deep with your customer's needs. Mm -hmm. Because if you're going to elevate, we need to pick the right spots to elevate in. And we have to have a really firm understanding of our customer Mm -hmm. um, to create that specific and unique value uh, to them. Because, you know, there's a lot of generalist companies out there that are successful, but I don't know any of us that are going to go and and be a generalist and compete on price and scale with a Walmart (laughs) or an Amazon or whomever. Right. Right. So we have to elevate and be focused on our clients. Yeah. That actually um, brought up another thing that you had said earlier about specialty decorations and things like that. I mean, you have to really understand what you're doing if you're going to add specialty like patches and different inks and all the, if, you know, yeah. Do you want to be a better than a general t-shirt? Well, yeah, then you've got to understand right. and how it, to it, apply those things. It, it is. And that's going to drive your, your, your tools uh, in the process as well, because, um, not all equipment, even not all heat presses we sell are created <laughs> equal. Like there are certain equipment decisions that are going to allow you to do uh, advanced looks like dimensional um, products, for mm-hmm. instance, or heat sensitive products. Like there are different tools I can invest in if I know that my customer values that. And so yeah. having that clear understanding of the customer, even at the point of equipment investment, 
uh, is extremely helpful. Awesome. Any other favorite decorating tips you want to add or offer to our audience? Ooh, decorated <laughs> favorite decorating <laughs> tips. I'll give you one tip. Um, right. because I'm a salesperson at heart, <laughs> whenever you're delivering the price, you should have such confidence in the value your company is creating that every time you deliver a price, you should deliver it with these three words, the price is, uh, and then instantly, all of a sudden, uh, we have strength in our offer. We believe in our offer and we're not delivering it like, um, the price is this, but if you order this, you could get this and <laughs> Basically, immediately, uh, that's the number one problem I see is we're giving out for a discount, which immediately diminishes the, the value of your work. So the price it. is this, just deliver it. I love it. How about this? How about we make people call you if they want more tips or connect with you? Yeah, I love to be connected <laughs> with. So uh, I have uh, on LinkedIn, uh -huh. um, I love to connect on LinkedIn. People can message me through uh, LinkedIn as well. I'm just under my name, Josh Ellsworth. And then uh, email is another great way. So josh.ellsworth at stalls.com. Awesome. And I know you, you're always so good about talking through with people and handing out advice. Um, I think we'd be hard pressed to find people in our audience who haven't seen your videos and things like that. But, you know, as with any good thing, connecting directly with the source is always a good idea. So yeah, we're standing by and ready to help. Absolutely. Well, Josh, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, again, all of you Apparelist fans out there, you are listening to the Apparelist podcast. You can find back episodes at Apparelist.com. We roll these out monthly, so keep your eyes open. Um, yeah, thanks, Josh. All right, thanks for having me. Take care.